Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game, and hopefully other games too. Uh, we're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... Hey, it's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hi, Peter. Can you hear the uh, the rust in my voice there as I struggle to do the intro? I have to be yeah. drinking Iron Brew. <laughs> Always, yeah. If you can hear here, I, I've got the window open as well. It's, okay. It's glorious. There might be the, the sweet sound of bird song overlaying my voice. The sweet sound of birds at an iron brew bird bath. Yeah, yeah, or potentially yeah. two foxes fighting. Mm-hmm. And I've got all the windows closed to stop having outside noise come in. Yeah, yeah. The and so if you hear me get increasingly ratty and frustrated, that's because <laughs> the temperature is rising here. And yeah, <laughs> I'm just gently cooking the in my own juices. Cooker of Frank's, <laughs> yeah. Frank's house. Need to dox you there. Of Frank's house. Me. <laughs> in insert place here. So what are we talking about today, Peter? Yeah, we've got a a. a I don't know. This is like a my part. It's not quite this, but my partner has this um, a type of meal that she refers to as bits. 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 Yeah, okay. <laughs> and it's when you don't want to go to the shop and there's lots of ends of other f- meals you've bought and cooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there might be like leftovers. A, yeah. But it's not. It's not. It's often not leftovers. Okay. It might be like some frozen chips, and then you had some burgers, but then also a packet of pasta sauce. But then you've also got some broccoli you didn't cook from the other day. And then also there's okay, some frozen peas. Okay. So you just yeah. scavenge the ends of all the other meals. <laughs> and, <laughs> and assemble make bits. them. Yeah, and make bits. Yeah. So today we, we've just got a few things to talk about, I think. We're talking about the expo mainly, but a few other things related to the expo. Mm-hmm. No, the that's the same games. thing. So I said the same thing twice there. We're talking about the Expo and then some other things about the Expo. Yeah. yeah okay. So the Expo. The yeah. UK Games Expo. Which is the 2nd to the 4th of June, 2023. If for some reason you're catching up on the podcast and it's not before that, this might not be a very useful episode for you. If it's but maybe you want to hear what we were doing, little time capsule episode. So, yeah, there we go. Bro, so What's what are the first we doing? bit in our bits? <laughs> yeah, how do you want to begin? Uncover this nugget of bit- bittiness. Well, mm. should we? What, what are we there to do? What's our official job role? We have been invited by a game demoing company to be the two people demoing Earthborn Rangers at the UK Games Expo 2023. So that's Earthborn Games's flagship title. And for those of you who don't know. Earthborn Rangers is made by Earthborn Games, which is Andrew Navarro's new company. Andrew Navarro was head of studio at FFG. Before that, he was one of the lead art design people at FFG. He was there at a time when FFG was incredibly successful. So he's a fairly well-known figure for people who are into, say, Netrunner, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Arkham Horror, the card game. He was around at that time and knows all of those people. And yes. yeah, we interviewed him on the cast. I want to say twenty twenty one. I think it was September twenty one. Maybe I was. I was going to say is eighteen months ago now. Yeah. So that was for the Kickstarter for Earthborn Rangers. And at the time of recording in late May twenty twenty three, Earthborn Rangers is just about to be delivered. There was one hiccup they had with production, which means it's been a bit delayed. I think it. The Italians are getting their copies just now. Hmm. Okay. 
much to the consternation of everyone else around yeah, the world. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was a successful Kickstarter. Obviously, it's gone into production. And yeah, we're kind of delighted to have been asked to demo it. We obviously got excited about the game enough that we reached out to Andrew Navarro and interviewed him on the cast. But that was very much when the game was a prototype and there were ideas behind it and he was trying to sell people on it, but it wasn't a finished product. And then certainly for me, I parked that and thought, okay, I'll see that when it turns up. Like many Kickstarter projects, you have to then wait quite a long time. But now rolling around it's back again, which is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think style-wise, the game is, maybe you'd call it like an adventure card game. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. mechanically and, yeah, mechanically, I'll say, Mm -hmm. it's similar to Arkham Horror and uh, Marvel Champs and maybe a bit Mm -hmm. like Lord of the Rings as well. I don't have much experience Mm -hmm. with Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. So there's a persistent deck you can use across a campaign and... Decks of cards represent the things that can happen to you. And there's a book with some story elements in it, which you can read from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the basics, if, if, if you come to it knowing Arkham Horror, you'll sort of have a bit of a head start on everyone else in, in grokking how it works, which is one of the reasons yeah. we were interested in it to begin with. We, we thought there was a, a decent overlap between Arkham and Earthborn Rangers. Yes, some of the kind of the building blocks of the game are so similar. In each game, you control a character. In each game, your deck is your stuff, but also your personality. So those two things kind of overlap. And then in each game, you're playing against a deck as well. There's a sort of, I don't want to say opponent, because it's not quite that with Earthborn Rangers, but there's definitely use of cards to generate the world that you're interacting in and a card that is the location you're at and things like that so yeah lots lots in common we've been obviously preparing to demo it with people and been playing a little bit so i think we'll talk a little bit about earthborn rangers at a kind of superficial level in this episode yeah and i think just personally one of the things i've really enjoyed is there are so many echoes of arkham but then there are so many things that are different yeah and that I don't know, harmony, disharmony, I find really satisfying. You know, the times where I'm like, ooh, actually I'm trying to think about this in Arkham terms and I don't need to. This game is not testing me in that way. And that's entertaining to me because obviously I have many hours of Arkham under my belt. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And we don't want to come across as... I used the word smug earlier because we do have demo Mm -hmm. copies of the game now, so we're able to play a nearly complete version of the game it's one mm. of the rare ones pre-printing fault. So, yeah, yeah, I think mechanically and functionally it's it's the same game. It's just we need some more tokens <laughs> to track what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. So we have had a, a taste of the full game now. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, Frank. I'm playing it me solo, too. which I don't often do with board games. Mm, mm, yeah, sending me little after-action or mid-action reports as well as you're exploring it which is really fun, really welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the feeling of... It's that feeling I get at the start of playing a role-playing game. You know, mm-hmm. you're setting off from Pallet Town. The whole mm-hmm. world's ahead of you. There's this map full of enticingly named locations mm-hmm. uh, just ready for you to, to, to head into them and, and start uncovering their mysteries. Yeah, yeah. And the timing as well with Scarlet Keys is really apt, I think. 
Yes. Because for Arkham players who've had a first taste of, oh my goodness, what if Arkham, you have a choice of what scenario you play next? What if in Arkham, the whole world is your oyster and you can choose where to go and what to do? That is very, very similar to Earthborn Rangers. Obviously, Earthborn Rangers was in design before Scarlet Keys came out. But this sort of movement towards can card games offer an open world experience rather Mm. than a linear storyline where you go from story beat to story beat. And that seems, does still seem new, I suppose. Maybe there's a listener out there who can say, well, look, there are some other open world examples of this that we don't know about. But it's certainly, it's fascinating once the kind of the living card game architecture has fallen by the wayside. The expansion of these worlds, creatively, imaginatively for the player, is is really cool and quite vast. There's something else that's really sort of similar and the timing is similar, which is fascinating. And I imagine this has been going on for longer than I know it. In Frosthaven, the new Gloomhaven, which came out earlier this year, most scenarios in that are now, there's two books to look up scenarios. There's the scenario book that tells you the first room that you're going to be in and the story and what enemies you're facing. But then unlike in Gloomhaven, where you could see what the other rooms would be and how they'd be populated... In Frosthaven, they don't actually tell you the layout of monsters in the next couple of rooms, if there are multiple rooms. And there's this second book called the section book. And normally what will happen is it'll say, you know, when you open door number one, go to the section book and read the following entry. And then the section book will have all of the entries, you know, uh, 56.2, 59.4, 101.7 or whatever it is. And you go and find this section and it might just have a picture of the next room and tell you where the enemies are or it might have more story text or it might have something else it might even be the end of the scenario and you didn't realize it and that's earthborn rangers does a similar thing with a campaign guide where the information is not presented chronologically it's in this sort of random order and you find the right entry and and read that and it seems that that has become more common in games and of course scarlet keys did the same you don't just do the first scenario and then flick through the book and do the second scenario you jump around and find the right page in the campaign guide so yeah i'm just noticing it a lot at the moment i wonder if it's a result of well it's not new technology is it because it's choose your own adventure yeah yeah (laughs) it's write a linear story and then chop it up into pieces but yeah it's it's around and it's common what Earthborn Rangers does in a really nice way with that is that when you discover a new location, it might have a little entry that doesn't have any rules text, but it's just flavour. And it's a way of them not crowding cards with loads of text. They can just have it in the section book and you just go and take a look and it's like, oh, here's a paragraph about this place I've arrived at. Oh, that's nice. No other rules. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is nice, yeah. Anyway... Before we get too carried away talking about Earthfall Rangers, we could go on and on. Oh, you were saying about not being smug. I don't think I don't feel like we are being smug about having our copies because we've we have them for a purpose, which is to make sure we can play them well enough to demo it. Yes. So I'm like, this is a job. I need to dedicate a lot of time <laughs> doing this. And while well, I was even thinking, actually, I've played a few scenarios with one character. Yes. And I, I messaged you yesterday and said, like, I think maybe I just need to stop this now and create a new character and play that one more just so that I have a confidence across the card pool rather than I just want to immerse myself in the story. 
because I don't want a situation where I'm demoing the game and someone says, what does this card do? And I'm going, what's that? I've never seen that card before. I'm just happy just cruising around as my yeah. character. <laughs> That's how I learn. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So what, how much demoing are we doing? Three days. Three full days worth of demoing. That's right. Yeah. So we'll be there from opening time on Friday to closing time on Sunday, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, Hall 1, I believe. That's right, yeah. You've got the you've got the booth number handy, haven't you? I do, yeah. So we're in Hall 1. The booth numbers are 1-752 and 1-852, which are right next to each other. And one of the aisles is called All About Games Avenue. <laughs> and All About Games are the demoing company that approached us and uh, have asked us to to demo that they're demoing a lot of other games apart from earthborn rangers so if you see all about games avenue you're probably in the right place head down that way and you'll find us there's going to be we're going to have two tables so frank table and peter table i imagine yeah and yeah we're there from 9am on friday till does it close at i think it closes at um four three p.m on the three p.m three p.m on the sunday but i could be wrong Anyway, we're there the whole time. One of us will be. Yes. And we can't leave. And <laughs> we'll probably even Doors stagger our lunch breaks. Yeah. We are so, yeah. handcuffed to the tables. Yes. Please come. Please help <laughs> us. Yeah. Um, we've not been told that we need to promote that we're there either. This isn't something that's part of our contractual obligations to put out a podcast episode. We thought we'd just let people know because you might be coming to the expo and be excited about trying Earthborn Rangers or you might be looking for that Arkham adjacent fix and want to give it a go, come and have a try. Or if you just want to come and chat, come and do that. If we're running a demo game, we won't be able to chat. But otherwise, if we're hanging around, we'd be delighted to. Yeah, Is that absolutely. Fair yeah. to say. No, no, I just promise yeah. that you're. I'll be delighted to chat. Peter might be in a mood. No, yeah. that's, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> I will too be yeah. delighted to chat. Like you say, if, if we're in the middle of a game, obviously we'll. we'll be able to give limited attention but almost certainly we can talk you through what's happening um if if there's games going on as well if you're curious yeah so that's not all we're doing at the expo because there's also a patron organized game happening on the saturday evening and we're hoping to take part in that we've been a little bit hands-off in the organizing of it and we i suggested to you that maybe we could use a bit of podcast time to talk about picking investigators to play at events where you might end up on a table with someone you don't know and what one does in a situation like that. So yeah, I've rather sprung it on you, but I thought that that could be a useful thing to think about. Yeah, sure. Um, what's the answer then, Frank? What, what, what do you need to think about? Well, I suggested this to you. We think we're playing Nations mm-hmm. through time, and you said, ooh, I've played that. Daniela was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's as far as my answer goes. Done. What more do you need? Show your working, Peter. What no. what behind picking Daniela meant that she was a good choice? Is there anything else you can say about her? Well, that was <laughs> it was it was m- more a comment on the scenario because I know some of the enemy types that appear in the scenario. I know the number of enemies. Uh... I know you've got a pick up the enemies quickly and defeat them 
Uh, okay. That that was kind of why I went to Daniela. But then mm. again, like I suppose the question is if you don't know, mm. are we talking about a situation where we're totally blind as to what other people are bringing? Well, I mean, that is the situation that we're facing, I believe. Yeah, yeah we're unaware. And, you know, I've been going to this um, fantastic Arkham group up in Leeds where they mainly meet to play multiplayer scenarios, uh, epic multiplayer scenarios, and people do just turn up. And what happens is people arrive, say there's eight or nine people, the organiser says, right, what investigators do we have? Okay, let's divide the tables up like this. And it seems to always work out that there's about enough clues per table, there's about enough fighters, and so on and so forth. At one event we went to, we ended up with three rogues all on the same table, because <laughs> there was um, a Monterey Jack, very cluey one, then there was a Tony, fighty one, and something else, maybe a Finn. So it was like, right, they can kind of do the job, so put them together. And yeah, it's funny, I think, how it can work that way. And certainly my early experiences of planning Arkham were that you don't do that, that you plan ahead, that you know who's going to be playing what and make sure the teams are balanced. Yeah. But actually, if you're playing with an experienced crew, people can make it work, more or less. I wonder whether you just get enough Arkham players in one location and, and, you know, eventually you get the right number of... Yeah. And is it that... The, right the interests of the game are wide enough. It's not like everyone likes playing Guardian. So you go to an event and there's always going to be that person who loves Ash Campeat and there's going to be <laughs> some people who want to do <laughs> roguey stuff. There's going to be some people who just want to be a Guardian and some people who want to be a Seeker and it kind of balances out. I reckon so. I think I often end up going a bit more flexy. So running someone who can do a bit of everything and then I hope that I can help out. My great fear at an event is turning up as, say, Daisy and getting eliminated by damage turn two. <laughs> that's yes. that's what I don't want to happen. So I try and bring someone who's sort of robust and can handle various things. Okay, I'm going to throw some investigator names at you, Peter. Go on, hit me. Tell me whether or not you are like, yep, sign me up, I want to play that. Carson Sinclair. Man, that's an interesting one for multiplayer. You've 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 started high. Yeah, that, I've just <laughs> imagine we're playing a bit of baseball, and I'm like, oh, I'll just pitch a few balls at you, and then I've pitched my weirdest, curviest yeah, ball at you to start, and you've face. been like, chill out. <laughs> I think actually Carson is quite a good idea because mm-hmm. he is more of whatever the most useful other character at the table is, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. So he he's like a kind of self-balancing character. Mm. Unless you've got like a table just of all cluers. You know, yeah. he probably can't take lead enemy or lead clue role. But yeah. if you've got a cluer and a fighter or a cluer and an enemy manager, chuck Carson yeah. in there. You've got a solid three-player team, right? You've got a stew going. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the mistake would be on the part of the organiser to go, oh, Carson's a guardian, you can be the fighter on this table. <laughs> yeah. Which he might not be. Ah, you're a guardian. I have, you know, I've played actually next to a Carson with Runic Axe and Girish. It's like, great combo. You're going to soak for days, you can hit everything. Yeah, fantastic. And then you I give out loads of actions to everyone else. it would be weird to turn up at an event with a Carson deck and not tell anyone that you're doing enemy management. 
Like that that maybe feels like one of the rules is that you build into the known strengths of the character. Mm-hmm. So someone sticks like Rex on your table and you're like, oh excellent, right, that's clearing sorted. And then Rex like starts to pull out all the weapons he's pulled in. <laughs> Fire axe Rex, like, yeah. Yeah, no machete machete Rex. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, okay, I love this. With okay. scientific theory and beer <laughs> boosting. On the hunt, expose weakness. Yeah. Like, okay, cool, cool style. I'm, I'm here for this. I mean, there's there's probably an event in that anyway as well, isn't there, of like an upside-down event where we would run an event and say... Don't do what anyone expects your character to do. Yeah, you have to not do... Expect the unexpected, we call it. And yeah, do something else. I think you're right. I think Carson can really boost across, which is very nice. Okay, what was the next one? Gloria Goldberg. Oh, so have you picked these? You just how have I picked these? Yeah, yeah. Okay, peel back the curtain for the okay. listeners. When we were talking about will we play some Arkham at Expo, you said something to me along the lines of I'll play as long as I don't need to think about a deck and I can just turn up and play. <laughs> Did I say that? Like something along the lines of like I'm interested but very low energy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just shouting out some names of possible people that i'd feel like building a deck for you for that's how right. i'm deciding these people and and what and i'm also trying to pick people maybe to take you out of your comfort zone yeah gloria is an interesting one i have seen i have seen gloria in action mm-hmm. gloria is still a promo investigator right yeah true true we've not seen her amazing three signatures three <laughs> she's got three of her weakness and her sig hasn't she excitingly yes so, yeah, Gloria, 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 Gloria. I I don't think she's a bad choice as well, because I think what she can do is very useful for the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The risk with her at yeah. an event where you don't know people is the amount of mental overhead if you start scrying the encounter deck. When I've played Gloria and I'm like in a team where I know it, we yeah. look at the encounter decks like, right, that's an enemy, you're taking that. Okay, yeah. I'm taking that treachery, great, cool, this is the order. You could be quite sort of pushy with it because you know each other. If I was at a table with other people, it would be like, okay, well, okay, should we have a look at these cards? Do you think you can handle this one? That could take a long time. Yeah, yeah, potentially. I think that's maybe the only risk. I think she's just generally quite good. Mm. I think it's, a, it's an underappreciated role on a team is encounter deck management like direct mm-hmm. encounter deck management mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where Daniela's so good right yes the problem is Daniela looks like she might be a fighter mm-hmm. and she's not always built directly as a fighter mm-hmm. and yeah just for all the listeners who were yelling at me for getting this wrong so the back of promo Gloria well replacement Gloria no not replacement not novella gloria points out that her signatures are three copies of psychic sensitivity three copies of prophecy of the end shuffled into the encounter deck and Ah. one random basic weakness which is just so cool i can't wait for that to come into the game because that will be awesome your weakness is in the encounter deck so amazing but yeah okay yeah gloria is good um shall i suggest this one charlie kane charlie Charlie Kane. kane that guy the reason I'm pausing about that is I might play Charlie. I think 
Oh no! And <laughs> if I provide, if I so well, I, it might be that you play Charlie. If I build a Charlie deck and something else, one then, of the big risks with Charlie, and one of the conversations people have before they play, is what unique cards do you think you're going to use? Yeah, and Charlie, I would say is all of them. Yeah, <laughs> heavily reliant on a slot which probably contains the most unique cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't think maybe accessory will have more, but yeah, yeah. So no, I think you're right. I think Ally does. Yeah. That feels like a gamble. Charlie then gets Pete Sylvester out in the first few turns, and Calvin on his table is then looking a bit sad. Yeah, that would be my concern like, with Charlie. This. I need this, and I, I think <laughs> I think the problem with Charlie is he's a. This can work well in a multiplayer event. He's quite a generalist. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I'm thinking of bringing a Charlie deck I've run before, which is the Summon Hound Michael Lee, right, Girish thing. That's really fun. He can investigate at, with Summon Hound. He's getting an extra investigate or fight every round at, at five stat. Mm-hmm. So he's doing like little pips of damage and just steadily cluing, and it's super fun. So yeah, that's what I was thinking about having. It doesn't run too many unique allies. Uh, it runs Malison. But then beyond that, it's um, art student, laboratory assistant. Oh, and Miss Doyle, which is pretty rare. Unless you've got Patrice on the table, it's unlikely that someone else is running Miss Doyle. Right. So, but yeah, you're you're completely right. The As unique always. clash is the risk. Okay. Have you got Have you got another one? I'm enjoying this actually. Yeah, this is good because we're sort of slowly. Um, this is a mini investigator episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mini investigator episodes. Um. Preston Fairmont. One of my loves, obviously, you know I love Preston. Mm-hmm. Again, my worry is he's quite, it can be quite difficult to pin down what he's doing. He's just getting rich. The rich getting richer. Yeah. And then, like, there's quite a bit of, maybe this is works in his favour though, there's quite a bit of doing his own thing, isn't there? Just let Preston be Preston. Just yeah. hashtag just Preston things. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that works for multiplayer. Maybe that works. Uh, I would say the the thing that counts against him is probably a lack of a clear role definition, mm. and maybe the high quantity of uh, just debating. Yeah, well, I was going to say <laughs> to, to, total bullshit. <laughs> I wasn't. I couldn't remember what our, our adult language policy was. Okay. Yeah. I'll try and beat that out. Yeah, it's funny, funny. The last time I was at an event, I think I played. Was it the last time? No, two times ago, I played a Norman deck. And I said to everyone at the table, I can do nothing with enemies with this deck. So this is really the opposite approach of arriving with sort of, oh, I can do a bit of everything. I can only do clues. And then I felt like I was on fire cluing. I had divination, deductions. I was doing the awesome astronomical atlas thing. It was super fun. And I just did that like very unidirectional deck. I will just get clues. Right. But that relies on then the rest of the table being okay with that. Yes. And it's in a way we we had we had Nashcan on that deck. On that on that deck. We had Nashcan deck on that day. And Ashcan just basically did a survivor thing of getting he did the standing on rakes thing from The Simpsons. Oh no. He just kept getting pounded. I think at, his first two or three upkeeps were a weakness, just steadily like 
played maybe one card down the whole game, but survived the whole game and helped and passed tests, but just was being mauled the whole time. And in a way, it was like that. Let me just crack on and get clues. <laughs> just yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. Just left Ashgan <laughs> well, to soak it. Soak up the punishment. <laughs> yeah, he he did actually get. You know, Duke got a lot of clues as well. But yeah, how about um, Bob Jenkins, Bobby Jenks? Yeah, interesting. I genuinely don't know. I feel like my gut feeling is you're again dealing with like items and slots mm-hmm. and moving stuff around the table. I tell you what, that, that would always be a slight concern mm-hmm. is swapping cards. Oh yeah, giving other people cards. Because yeah. that's dangerous even when you're playing with friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, we've got a, a listener who lives in Bristol mm-hmm. and somehow I have one of his dodges. <laughs> Uh, how we figured this out is beyond me. Well, yeah, good oh, question. And you know, that, well, confession as well. I have two Finn Edwards mini cards. <laughs> it's probably a, there might be a listener who's missing a, a Finn Edwards yeah. mini card. If you're missing a Finn Edwards mini card, let me know. So, I, and I've had them for I don't know four years. You're like, <laughs> it didn't even you know. You also there's not really an occasion where you sit down and you go through all of your mini cards. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not even sure how I worked out I had two fins, but I was you know, <laughs> you're flicking through. Oh, it's before. that guy. It's a, yeah, it's ooh, deja vu. Finn's twin. Twin Edwards. Yeah. So <laughs> Should we discount Bob on that on that basis? Yeah, that's a good discount, I think. So yeah, there's maybe a couple of people a bit like yeah, yeah. that. Discount. Do you get it? Because he's a salesman. Oh, I see what he did there. Let's flip this on this head. Do you have some go-to sort of strong event investigators or sorts of investigators that you think? If you saw someone sitting at your table and they pull out such and such deck, you'd be like, okay, yeah, we're in safe hands. I feel like, you know, seeing, I don't know, an Ursula, a Min or Nice, a Mark Harrigan, even a Leo Anderson, I'd be like, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah, Legit. all of those. What's a what's a warning sign if someone pulls out? The, obviously, you. What as in a deck that I don't like the look of? Yeah. What 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 if you see someone sitting down opposite you with the deck? What investigator is making you think uh, you're mad? Patrice is uh, one for me. <laughs> How can you say that when we forced a new player to play a Patrice deck? At that was all that was available. <laughs> Patrice, I mean. Well, it's, it's your more... your experience of Patrice is that she's super helpful. Oh so... yeah, she's great. She's really good. I just it, it seems like it's such a wild card play at an event. Mm. Yeah, to bring Patrice. Well, similarly, when um Sean from the Mythos Busters Curse Their Name Forever was doing a Patrice deck for an Iron Man, it's like man, that's going to be brain burning to play eight scenarios in a day mm. of Patrice. Because the choices don't stop coming. You can't kind of just auto... Well, I mean, you can autopilot Patrice for a bit, but then it's just every round is new choices and assessing the game state and what do you need to do to help and blah, 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 blah. Yorick would be another one where I'd be like, oh, that's a safe choice. They're going to fight all day. Yeah. Sketchier ones. Mateo. Yeah. I was just about to say Mateo, Jim. If you're playing with Marie. Mateo. Oh, Marie. If they're like, check this Doom play. Like, uh oh. 
And there are great players out there who do that. There's a patron who's talking about maybe bringing in a Mina deck, which would be... I've done, oh, I've taken a Mina to an event as well, so I'm one of the weirdos. <laughs> Skids? Said with love? Skids? <laughs> yeah. Other funny thing is, I haven't seen much Mandy played at events. Yeah. But she's, she's very good. Yeah, she is, yeah. But now, if they're playing Taboo, if they're following Taboo and they turn up with like a 50-card Mandy deck... I think I'd be rubbing my hands with glee. I'd be like, I hope you're a confident shuffler. Let's see what happens here. Tell you who else is a nice, safe choice. Jacqueline. Jay Fine. What, just from a kind of support point of view? Like, seeing someone put a Jacqueline deck down in front of me, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's good. She'll pass tests. Maybe that's just because I really like Jacqueline. Like, it could be an absolutely wild deck that's like Evasion Jacqueline or something strange, and sure. Uh, I guess the other one is... Lola. We see a lot of Lola at events. And I'm sometimes like, oof, Lola is hard to build. And yeah. that's not to not to, to dump on her because I think I've seen a lot of people piloting her really well. And there was an event I did, um, Dragon Meat, must have been a couple of years ago now, where there were two Lolas in the same event. There was a Synergy Lola and another Lola. So that was like wild that mm. she was having her day in the sun. Okay, have we decided what I'm building for you then? No, I don't think we have. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Carson? Mm-hmm. That was the most intriguing yep. to me. And I've not played Carson, and I haven't seen him in action, so... Well, then that seems like a really good idea. And then Carson and Charlie could be a nice pairing if we're playing together. Yeah. Or just, a terrible just, pairing? Just one of your allies. Yeah. Someone described Carson to me as, like, imagine that you gave Leo De Luca to every person at your table. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, that's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. 18 credits worth of, of benefit. Yeah. Windmill slam it down onto the table. Yeah. Absolutely. And obviously the counterpoint is that you're also adding a hike of another investigator's worth of difficulty, of clues to get, of draws from the encounter deck. But, you know, yeah. so it goes. Cool. Anything else you want to add about picking investigators for events before we draw this? No, I, I, I think, I think my, my rules of thumb would be pick something that is easy for the people to follow mm -hmm. and sticks broadly to a, a kind of clearly defined role. Yeah. You know, if you want to put some other stuff in that, that's fine. But I think if people are easy to look at your deck at a glance and quickly see what it's going to do, it helps mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. along in multiplayer. Yeah. And Where also like... have you... a predefined team, so you're just going to be having to sub in. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want something that needs a lot of faff before it's set up as well, because you don't know what support the rest of your team are going to be able to provide while you do that. Mm -hmm. So that, that yeah. would be my, I think my, um, my main bit of advice. Yeah, I would. I go often to playing something that's familiar to me that I enjoy. Maybe a safe choice, but like for instance, I, that Norman I described. I've played loads of Norman. I really like Norman Silas. I've played lots of Silas and I really one of the things I love about Silas is that you can do well with Silas without really any setup so you're just there and you're ready and you're helpful maybe Kaimani might fit into that as well although Kaimani can do more setup now but that idea of if it's a tough scenario loads of stuff's going on loads to work out you're just there and helping cool well 
looking forward to seeing those patrons on the Saturday night. We'll try and get a beer on the Friday night with people as well. Yeah. I know that there are other people organising Arkham on the Friday day. That's so right. if you're coming to the UK Expo and you want to play Arkham, take a look. I think it's on Facebook. I think you can find it on the UK Games Expo website, but I'm not 100% sure about that. And if you want to come and have a demo of Earthborn Rangers and find out what it's about or just say hi, we would love to see you. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Pete? No, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. So you can get in touch with us. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on Facebook, on Twitter, on Design by Humans, and on Patreon. Uh, so if you're a patron, you can chat to us on our Discord and link up with us there as well. And yeah, Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United everywhere. That's U N I T L E D. I'm on Twitter and Discord and Reddit. I'm on Instagram as D.United. So yeah, please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm on Twitter as FB. That's E-P-H underscore B-E-E. And then I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo. Say hi too. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you.